It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. Oh, what's going on? We have made it to episode 200! BLG just said it, yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, BLG's very excited to be here as, uh, you know, we are, uh, we're live from the Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Elser, BLG, three-fourths of uh, the original crew as uh, shouts to Mike K down in Jacksonville as we... I, how the hell did we get here? You know, this is kind of crazy. It's been uh, it's been a long journey. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. Eagles wise, Josh Huff's the, the biggest dumbass, probably a bigger dumbass than Lane Johnson, which I didn't think was possible. And I'm sure we get into that. Plus, we got audio from all over the place from Peterson, Roseman, and uh, Huff himself, and uh, maybe even as we get into the Giants, Justin Pugh is a total fraud, and I'll explain why a little later on. But BLG, uh, it has been uh, awesome, man. This has been fantastic so far. How are you feeling, buddy? Okay, feel good. Uh, no, it's, it's awesome. okay. I mean, that was good. just good full Lord. of energy. Cancel the just, just throw it down the toilet. It's, it's been 200 episodes, and I'm so glad to be here still with you guys. You know, we're, we've been doing this. What feels like what? It's ill. It's been three years or so now, yeah, and, and it feels like yeah. it feels like it's gone by. Like you know, a snap of the fingers. It's it's been a lot of fun, and I'm glad we're here. And I I hope to many more episodes. James Elser, what's uh, what's going on, man? How yeah, are you, buddy? Yeah, man, this is crazy. I rem- Super producer James Elser, <laughs> when I first met him and still is continuing that on the Midday Show. Yeah, with and I got a way. full-time job, which yeah. is exciting. Um, but speaking of when we met, man, it's just crazy to think about, uh, you know, the three of us doing this show with 
at one point a music bed underneath us and and all the Skype issues, not figuring out how to make it sound good. All the lost, remember the Shield Capadia lost podcast? We had had so many many trials and tribulations and now we're sitting here at 200 and I'm looking at the WIP logo and it's just, (laughs) it's wild, man. It's it's really exciting and and John, you've been the... uh, the heart, and and we we all appreciate you more than you could ever know for it. Well, I appreciate that, but I also remember. <laughs> I remember two years ago, uh, I think I interviewed Kent Summers from Arizona when during a Cardinals game. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember which one it was. I think they were coming here. Uh, full, I think it was full on diaper for Bruce Arians yep. the first time Chip Kelly played, and my internet kept going out like every five <laughs> seconds. I, 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 I it basically ended up being like a forty minute piece interview, like uh, down to that got whittled down to five minutes because everything was, I was so embarrassed. BLG, you have any even embarrassing moments that you can remember other than the Capadia thing? Um, that's a good question. That one was that's so funny. The episode, like we we literally said, like right after, oh man, that was such a great episode, and then like the next thing was like. Oh my god, yeah. it, it's gone. <laughs> I was like, I thought John was messing with me, but personally, um, I don't know. Probably just moments where I just totally forgot what I was talking about, which you know happens time to time. I, I can't remember anything too great. Yeah, I, uh, I remember a couple of awkward interviews. I think that we did. Um, what, uh, oh, <laughs> oh no! I think what was the first Eagles player? Was it Rock Carmichael? It was Rock. And you were Philadelphia Eagles cornerback, Mister Rock Carmichael. What's going on, sir? How are you? I'm doing all right, boss man. Just trying to trying to get stay out that cold. Think so, somebody, yeah. Somebody yeah, Dan helped that us up. get on. That's yeah. Yes. Shout out to Dan Klosner, who's uh, by the way, we're shacking up now, How about folks. That? Me and old Dante. Hey, and who is who is a part of the show too? Like he was. Uh, yes. A lot of people have kind of come in and out here and have have hung out and and have gone on to do uh, spectacular things. So we're and just to everybody again. I know it's like. I don't want to turn this into the, to the thanks podcast or our, or our hundredth episode for for yeah, other yeah, <laughs> where we spent like thirty minutes just patting ourselves on the back here. But seriously, guys, like this has been this has been crazy, uh, and I, I don't know how we, I don't know how we got here, and um, I don't want to think about it. It's all it's all because of you guys. So like, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week, and it's just been uh, it's been it's been awesome, and I'm sure that. Those uh, we'll we'll have a little. I'm gonna throw in a little highlight reel in there somewhere just to find some of those. I think I, the last thing I'll say. I think the favorite still for a lot of people is right. It was right around 100. I think it was 109 or 107. BLG, you remember when it was just you, me, and Ben? And I think we were pissed off because the summer takes, and we just yelled into a microphone with Slayer underneath. Let's let's this let let this be the week that we can just fucking roll with it so I, I tell you what let's cue up the music here oh that's beautiful that's perfect that's perfect so let's let's just let it all out richard sherman buddy i know you went to stanford you studied marketing get the fuck out of here <laughs> you want to talk to me like you're some elder scholar of the nfl because you got one third of a master's degree in marketing from stanford because you were too shitty to leave early i don't care <laughs> yeah it was so hot out. Or so. Yeah. yeah it was hot out we just needed to get get everything out um, and the Eagles got everything out as well because Josh Huff is is gone, which was quite a shock this afternoon, uh, based on what you heard from Doug Peterson and uh, and, and I, I don't know. He, I mean, most of the time, <laughs> Huff did this to himself. I mean, this is this is kind of crazy here, BLG. But I, I, I'm I'm very confused on the process and how it all went down and. How it ended up here because it seemed like everything was going to be fine and yeah this was we were going to make fun of it it was hey it's look it's another Nigel Bradham type of situation like Huff is the biggest dumbass on the planet and it went from like we're going to fix this to he's he's out of here what's your what's your take on 
on the last 24 hours here. Yeah, it's weird. You you almost figure something has to have changed because you saw Doug Peterson come out on Wednesday and say pretty much he said at this time Josh Huff is going to play on Sunday. So he kind of left some some room in there for something could change, but that wasn't the overall message like that. Uh, they, they, if they wanted to make it seem like we haven't really made a decision yet, they could have done a better job of that. It really just seemed like everything was going to continue as normal unless there was new kind of evidence that came to light. Uh, maybe maybe it did in privately, but not so much publicly at least because it's so weird. I mean, uh, we saw on Twitter today there was that picture of like Jeffrey Lurie from Wednesday like hugging Josh Huff in practice. Kind of looked like he was talking to him, kind of you know mentoring him a little bit there. And uh, we, we saw Doug talk about, you know, having the backs of players and being there for Josh and things like that. And you have Josh Huff practicing on Wednesday and then talking to reporters after practice. And I talked to Wendell Smallwood after practice today, and he had said Josh Huff got like a ton of reps in practice yesterday. So, like, it went from that to this uh, it's like right at noon or right before noon or so, he's just gone. And it's like, whoa, well, what happened there? Well, and, and this is, you know, I think this is the thing that got, well, the thing that got everybody stirred up on Wednesday, I think, was this. I mean, I'm a professional athlete. I mean, what professional athlete don't have a gun? Um, I have a wife and I have a son at home. And um, my job is to protect them at all costs. And um, my job is to protect myself as well, even though I know I have. Um, security here, but I have to protect myself as well. Which again is, I mean, like that is not unreasonable. But the gun, the gun is not legal here, James. You know, it's just like you kind of go through these things. And you're just like, oh my god! Like I, I understand trying to protect your family. You know, I especially I think where he grew up in Houston. Like I, it's it must be a mess down there. I've, I've been to Houston a couple of times, and let me tell you, don't go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, but besides all that, it's kind of. I mean, what was he thinking? Yeah, John, I I don't know, man. Honestly, first of all, obviously he was just being an idiot with I'm guessing that he's done it but I mean this is conjecture, but see he's probably driven around before and just you know never thought he would get caught is is my guess. Uh but look, ultimately I yeah, I'm with you, man. I totally get if athletes want to have guns for for safety or personal safety whatever, uh, or if anybody does. I I understand that is a right granted in this country and I am okay with that. But if you're going to have a gun, you have to follow gun laws. It's just the way it is. There are laws for a reason. So, uh, you know, there's no way to to let Huff off in this case. And then I think because it is, as as BLG was saying, kind of the, the biggest surprise of this whole thing is how it was all handled in terms of him coming back out and practicing and, and Peterson saying he's going to play. Um, maybe it's possible that that his Huff's reaction in the locker room yesterday and the way he answered those questions potentially played a role in the ultimate decision. Uh, or maybe it was something where the league let them know that, you know, he's got a, a, a we wouldn't know about a, a drug test. I mean, there are so many things I think for sure, though, at least just inferring from what we've seen, John, is that something happened between Doug Peterson's press conference yesterday and today, and whether yeah. them in terms of information that they got somehow, some way, and obviously the result is is he's gone. Which is well, well here's okay, an interesting here. thing, and I'm not saying any of us know this for sure. I'm saying, uh, you know, based on what Josh Huff I think said to Tim McManus in the locker room on Wednesday, uh, he kind of said that uh, he picked up his gun after oh, he yeah. left the facility yep. so he he was leaving the facility on his way home when he got arrested on the on the bridge so did he have his gun with him at the facility howie roseman said that josh huff told him he didn't 
but Howard Roseman did not say like emphatically that he know he knew you know that the gun wasn't there. So it just it seems weird that Josh Huff would leave the facility. He went somewhere else to pick up his gun, and then he got arrested shortly after on the Walt Whitten Bridge. So it's it's kind of weird there. Did Josh have the gun on the premises here before he left and was arrested? Uh, Josh told us that he did not. Did you find out that he did? No. Do you, do you explore that further, and do you have a regulation here against that uh, occurring with players? It's a league policy about having weapons uh, at the facility. And he trapped himself, you know, because like he did a he did a bunch of like timeline type of stuff where he's just like, oh yeah, so like he, by his own words, and you add things up, he definitely had a gun at the facility. Yeah, I don't think there's any way around you know? that. If nothing else, he had it in his car at the facility. One way or the other, he might not have taken it inside or whatever. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, what, what, he leave it outside Novacare in a bag and he just picks it up when he leaves? I mean, let's be real. He Left had it in the bushes? It, you know, I mean, pick this up he later. had it there. And look, the way how he answered that question, I mean, come on. Josh told us he didn't. Not saying, no, he didn't, or or we don't think he did, or whatever. Josh said he didn't. You know, he's very blatantly saying, I'm sure he did, but Josh told us he didn't, and that's all we're responsible for. And there's, a, there's one other thing, too, because I agree with, with James and pretty much everybody on this thing. Like, wh- whatever happened, the communication between Peterson and Howie, or they just like, I think like you were saying, Bill, yeah, I don't think they had made a decision. I think that everything was going to be fine, and really it just says, uh, you know, he'll be okay, and then the next day is it. It just sounds like to me like jail, you know, because that's yeah. that's it. I mean, you don't make you don't turn around and make this decision. And everybody was saying, "Man, Peterson looks like a real dick," but I I didn't catch this yesterday, and I want to play this for you now, BLG. I just need to hear officially, you know, through an investigation, what what took place and what happened. So the, the police report is not enough. There. Yeah, I want to I want to just get all the. I want to. I want to see exactly what happened, and maybe talk to some people, and and uh, and and find out. So, I. I mean, that's kind of a little bit in the in, in slight defense of like, hey, I still want to look for more information. I actually don't know what that's in context to. He could be saying, you know, <laughs> I want to talk and see what's going on before we make a decision at all. It could be. I, I'm not sure, but uh, still, the 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 disconnect between him and Howie, and I'm not. I mean, like BLG, how much honestly do you think? Doug had a decision in this. I think it's a factor. I think I, you know, when look when they hired Doug, and I think we've talked about it throughout, and even in the assembling of the coaching staff, like I was kind of suspicious of you know how much control Doug had over that because look, Doug didn't know who Jim Schwartz was, so I don't know how he just suddenly got hired and then like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna you know get Jim Schwartz in here. You know, I feel like you know the the front. I don't want to say completely he's a puppet because I don't think that's completely fair to Doug Peterson, but I don't think it's it's obviously not the same dynamic. I think you know with Chip, and I think Chip had a lot more power even before getting full control. You know, I I think it's uh, you know we've heard it throughout time and time after Doug has been hired that the Eagles use a collaborative effort, and maybe that's true to some extent, but I feel like that's also possibly a code way of saying that you know the head coach doesn't have as much power. I think Doug factored in here. I don't know that this necessarily uh, indicates tension and everything. I just think uh, they could have handled it better maybe. Like why did you need Josh Huff to practice on Wednesday? Like couldn't you have maybe just said take a day off while we wait and – take time to make a, a firmer decision? I don't know. Yeah, that was exactly where I was going to go, BLG. And and first of all, I, I agree with you. I don't know why they didn't prep Peterson better for that press conference. It seemed like what he said went kind of against what was said today. 
but, you know, I, I think you make a good point there with the idea that uh, they really should have not let him practice not let you don't have to say you say we're figuring it out say we're asking josh to take a couple days off we're figuring this out we want to get a police report don't say he's going to play sunday and then he's practicing and then don't let him practice that's the issue here is that you like that's it like it looks like now, all right, they get rid of him. Oh, they're taking a hard stand. That hard stand was ruined by the original stand. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on top of that, I mean, I, the, the the reason why I know this is going to be bad in the next couple of days, or at least for what it is, whatever the sentence, if there's more stuff there, is that how he completely deflected today. That's all he did because he had to. Because legally, I don't think he can go up there and say anything while an investigation's going on. And I think there's NFLPA rules. That state, like, hey, he's cut, so he's no longer a, a, a player on your team. And if you try and address that in any different way, while technically he's a free agent or on the waiver wire, that affects like you know yeah. where his next That's employer is. So he can't really say anything. But the fact that he, you know, was was coming up and, and basically saying this over and over again. In the last forty-eight hours, we've spent a lot of time with a lot of people in this building discussing this and, and going over the scenarios and. Um, we got a lot of good people in this building, and um, we want to do. They want to do what's right. What the hell is he saying? What does that even mean? And build something. He's yeah, saying- it doesn't mean anything. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just that whatever you're kind of pulling out here and and just shooting it up. Uh, but I mean, aside from all this, like yes, it's it's really dumb. So I think it goes now. Huff Johnson. Well, Bradham's Brad right there. It's it's yeah. kind of a tie for dumbasses. But D- Jim Schwartz. Said well, it, you know, it is now a team of dumbasses. He didn't break the law. I think that's a big point here. Well, all right, so I guess we'll put him third on the yeah, list. Yeah, I think uh, that's fair. But still, I mean, this is um, everybody kind of gets their wish now. You know, uh, uh, Bryce is going to be there and active. I would assume that Paul Turner is going to get called Make up from the, the practice squad. Probably, I, he probably won't be active on game no. day. At least I assume. But now you have you're going to have uh, Kenyon Barner and or Bryce taking kickoffs, which I guess Smallwood. And, well, yeah, Wendell yeah, Smallwood, Smallwood too. too. That's right. So uh, I don't know. For And this is where it comes down to, too. I mean, like, people are saying this was the other thing I heard BLG was like, well, yeah, Nigel Bradham's still here because he's a good player and Josh Huff isn't, so that's why he's gone. I don't agree with that at all. They needed Josh Huff uh-huh. here. Like, absolutely. You can't, as bad as it is, and not and to say, like, you know, we, we all make fun of, of him. He's been up and down ever since. But they needed him. Regardless, he's the only one that has showed a little bit of anything, and plus, he's <laughs> part of the reason why you beat the Vikings. You know, I I don't think it was. It's just as simple as that. I think he might be here still if he's like an All Pro player. <laughs> I really do. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there would be a, um, a high priced lawyer and there would be a plea deal and all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, he. It's weird. Uh, it, it feels weird that we're saying like Josh Huff is important to the success of the team because. You know, for so long, he's just been, like, not, you know. I mean, as a special teams player, obviously, yes. As we a spent receiver, a lot of time. Not Sorry, really. buddy. What was that? No, go ahead. Um, as a, you know, as a special teams player, definitely. You know, he's he's leading the NFL in, in kick return yards. Obviously, he's had a couple big ones here. Uh, and, you know, that was a huge spark in that Vikings game. And he won an NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. And Josh Huff is, like, one of only two players to return at least two kickoff uh, returns four touchdowns since 2014. It's like him and Cordero Patterson. So losing Huff and special teams is going to be big. You know, he's he's a really good special teams player, but you know, on offense, he's he's giving them nothing. He's obviously their he is their fourth receiver, and 
I'm not crazy about getting those force touches to him. You know, we've seen uh, some of those jet sweeps and things like that work. I mean, but some of the times it feels like you're just forcing the ball to him unnecessarily. He had that throw the other night, John, that I know you weren't in love with. So maybe they were kind of getting some touches to him that shouldn't have been there. Yeah, no uh, more 20-yard plays. That's out no. now. Yeah. I, well, it's, I, I don't know. I, I really think if there was a I, – I just don't think it is it is easy as saying he's not that good of a player. I really do think it's just they were in over their head as far as whatever legal matters are going to come, and they moved on. Yeah, I kind of feel that way too, whether it's legal matters, whether it's him lying to them. I think there are a lot of reasons it could be, but I certainly think that their opinions on the whole situation changed over the last you know 24 hours, so to speak, from the time that Doug Pearson spoke to the time that, that Josh Huff was released. And, and that was what me, like, it's like you're sitting there and it's uh, BLG, I think, texted our, our BGN text thread, shout out to... The 200, uh, 200th text, I mean, two millionth text of that thread. Um, but BLG texted, right? It's like, whoa, they released tough. And we're all like, wait, what? Like, wait, what happened? Because it was just so surprising after what happened yesterday. But it's a legitimate loss on special teams. And also, yeah, he hasn't done a ton on offense, but we talk a ton about how few dynamic players they have on offense. And if nothing else, he's a bonehead, bonehead as a player, and obviously as a person, but at least Huff could offer you the potential for something dynamic to happen on the field when he touched the ball. Yeah, and when we're talking about, you know, BLG, you know, I've said, like, Nelson Aguilar doesn't not just do nothing. He does less than – he actually does more than nothing, which is hurting the football team. At least Huff didn't hurt your football team. And he played uh, hard. Yet, anyway, I'm sure they're – Well, I've, now he did it, yeah, but well, off yeah. the field. But yeah, I'm saying yeah, – No, you're right. Even if uh, he'd probably he have a fumble stuff, that would yeah. come or something like that, and I'm sure he's dropped a few balls in there too. But, you know, he, he told everybody, and I think the, the players were pretty much shocked about this too, Malcolm Jenkins being one of them. Based on, like yesterday, all of the, the – you know, what we heard was, you know, we were moving forward, and um, so, yeah, it was a little shocking today. And uh, it was, that was pretty much echoed through the in, the entire locker room. So, I don't know. The other shoe's going to drop in. I, I will react to that, too. But, James, what do you do now? I mean, like, not that it really mattered and that you were going to be in the same situation anyway. But, yeah, we have there's there's two coming up. Is there anything that they're going to do as, as far as they're going to knock on Roddy White's door or anything like that and see what's going on? Nate Washington, something like that? I really don't think so. I think it's going to be the Bryce Treggs and Paul Turner and – if they did bring someone in, I would think it would be someone like, you know, who was in camp with them, maybe not a veteran, someone who, you know, like Rashid Bailey from last year or someone like of that ilk uh, would be my guess. But I, I, I think the bigger question uh, is really that the what you were just alluding to, John, with the Malcolm Jenkins uh, audio there. The bigger question is, is how does this affect the team? How does this affect preparation? You know, we haven't, because of this whole Josh Huff thing, you know, we spent two days talking about the shittiest loss in forever, and then we spent two days talking about Josh Huff, and there's a, a literal must-win game on Sunday that we have not talked about practically at all, and I just wonder how the team is going to come out after the way this whole thing played out. You know what's interesting about that? It's, I in a way... Like, were we ever going – like, it, it bores me to death almost to get into the Giants preview <laughs> because we're going to say the same things that we've been saying for the past couple of weeks here. And and just was – I mean, like, I don't know. I guess it was a, a little bit of a change-up to be like, well, at least we don't have to talk about, <laughs> yeah, true. you can have this offensive game plan, but, yeah, you can have this defensive game plan, 
But, you know, like you just get a, a bunch of butts, and they're still going to come up <laughs> as we talk about them here a little bit. But, yeah, man, and BLG, this has been proposed, too, is just I know Huff was a, was a chip guy, and there's a, a lot of other stuff that has happened while it wasn't on his watch. But, I mean, what kind of locker room are is it in there? You know, I, I, is, this, is this too much players feel like they can kind of do whatever they want? Too too far the other way, you know. I mean, like a lot of people have been asking that. What's your what's your kind of read on on what's going on in there? Well, I think one of the other interesting things that Malcolm was said was that it's almost a bigger distraction that the Eagles cut him than it is that you know rest happened because they like you said earlier when we played the clip, uh, Malcolm is he said that um, I'm sorry I'm blanking. That's right. No, you but you're, no, you're, you're you're but what you're saying is that he said that the team everything seemed okay and then they right. cut him. So I see what you're saying, BLG, because so it's a mixed message. Exactly, right? they have that and, mentality. And a lot of guys in the locker room did like him, and you know you get that sense talking today. And I, I, Kenyon Barner was talking about how you know Josh Huff was pretty much saying his goodbyes this morning. Everyone, and he was like crying, and it's just like, oh man, you know, it's like he did a he did a bad thing. Obviously, I'm not trying to say he's like a victim here, but you know, it's, it's kind of it's a, it's a disappointing for everyone. You know, I know some some people may have not liked Josh Huff, but you know, it's a it's a frustrating thing for the team, and I don't think it impacts the locker room too much in like the sense that oh, like there's no way they can beat the Giants now. You know, I don't think it's that kind of deal. Um, I don't think that it has a big impact there. I think, like you said, James, you know, this is a, or John, one of you said it, it's a must win game this week. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on that. And for as much as we've talked about matchups and to, to bring it back to football here, uh, they have to win a close game. You know, that's not something they've really done this year. They've, they've, they lost into, they've, and they've beaten their themselves. That's a big issue they've had. They have to go out there and, and, you know, have a game where they're in control and finish it. Yeah, no, it's a great point, and and to the Huff point you made, BLG, you know, you're dead on. Uh, Josh is a really nice kid. Like whenever I spoke to him when I was working for the team, he was a really sweet kid. But um, you know, some th- this is just a mistake that that you know, look, he might learn a real serious life lesson potentially, as it seems like there's the chance of of jail time. But um, certainly, you know, he's a kid. What is he? 24, 23, 20, somewhere in there. Like we, we all do stupid. Twenty five. Twenty five. We all do stupid shit in our twenties. Not that that's okay, but uh, it's a good point to remember that he is a, a human being. Um, but BLG, you're right. I, I, I do think it could affect them a little more heading into this game. You know, absolutely. You've got and that's where in that locker room. You know, you're all, the, all those that different Dallas loss. I mean, <laughs> it's, it it's should the be same all worry, focus on, but on it's getting a different back worry. on you know, the field so the, and We're, we're back wrong. to kind of that again. And is where look, we're I mean, looking you've to, got a guy to who's well the Giants now. It's just, in the locker room. And, you know, and I think the real issue I'm fairly confident that they can actually move the ball against this Giants vaunted defense here, BLG. And then they completely flip on that. I mean, if I again, I mean, Landon Collins, I have to apologize to Elliot Shore Parks as management and say, well, I mean, we're just going to go change your mind. And that's a worry to me. Well, especially compared to Nelson Aguilar, it's a it's a it's a huge difference. Uh, but hey, look, an Alabama DB can actually play. That's uh, surprising to all of us. I don't know what what offensively are you thinking here though against this Giants team. I, I mean, I think the, both the Giants and the Eagles' offense are pretty much going to have the same kind of look and, and flow to them. But what would you who would you attack in this uh, Giants defense here, bud? 
Well, I think, you know, we're talking about the defenses here. I could actually see this being a little bit more of a defensive struggle than we're used to probably in an Eagles-Giants game. I do think for as much as we've made fun of the Giants defense this year, I think they've been playing better than their offense has, and their offense has not been playing very well. Uh, only averaging 17.1 offensive points per game. Uh, they're like 30th in third down conversion. I think they're dead last in everyone's favorite stat, time of possession. So, oh, I thought you were going to go air yards. My bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, they, no, I, I don't think they're – obviously the Eagles are dead last in air yards because of Carson Wentz, who is the worst player in the history Yeah, I don't even know NFL. why. I don't even know why he would continue to play football, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think uh, I think that it could be somewhat of a defensive struggle here between two offenses, too, that have just haven't looked great lately. Uh, you know, this Eagles offense – we're talking about receivers who aren't good enough already, and then you're losing Josh Huff, and you know the special teams is going to take a hit because of that. So it's kind of a weird matchup because of all this this weird build up to the week. Like it's usually you would think this is a a week where there's just so much focus on the game because it's a must win for the Eagles, and the Giants are coming off their bye. But it's it's kind of been like, hey, we're going to be a Friday here, and we haven't even really talked about the game a lot. Yeah, it's weird because you know Dallas was all juice, all juice for that one. And I don't even like. I'm at the point where I don't even care about this football game. Is that weird? <laughs> it's a little like, weird. I'm just but I'm like, with you. You know what? I don't care. Like, yeah. if you win, great. We'll we'll see you next week. And then you got to deal with the Falcons. It's a, you know you're I I'm not a big obviously I hate the Giants and just like all of you kind of out there. But like I, this is going to be a, an extremely boring football game in my head. Like because you know you look at Eli and and, and just like you know there there might be a little bit of a struggle here, but. Um, I would I would honestly be I, I would I would think maybe Jim Schwartz actually might throw a little cover two in there. Uh, Giants offense has, has really struggled against that, which is really really weird for them considering uh, their wide receiving core, which is again still one of the most dangerous ones uh, you know in the NFC, maybe even in the NFL as well. Where you you know you have OBJ, you have uh, you know, Shepard that's there who's who's been uh, coming on as of as of late. He's kind of still been up and down. He's a rookie, but. Uh, you know, Victor Cruz is is back, and I don't know. I think the Eagles DBs are going to have a, a pretty tough time kind of controlling some of this stuff here. One hundred percent, especially because the Giants can't run the football. So you know, I mean, literally, and, and yeah, what is it, Bobby Rainey? Is that who's, who's yeah? I mean, we're looking. Right I'm, I'm guessing we see some Paul Perkins. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's where we're at. Rashad Jennings. It, it's a really, really ugly spot. Their O line isn't very good. I think it's a really good point both of you have made uh, that I don't think we're in for an offensive shootout of any kind and and really might be in for one of those really ugly offensive games on both sides of the ball right now because uh, that that seems to be the way the matchups kind of shape up here. And I think it's going to be a game with a lot of throwing because both teams, uh, obviously the Giants worse at running the football than the Eagles, but the Giants' defense significantly better stopping the run than the pass. So uh, the way the matchups shape out, I think it could be a game with a lot of tosses, but maybe not that many uh, completions. Yeah, where's your head at uh, defensively for the Eagles here, BLG? Who would you be? At- I mean, Eli Manning is in putting pressure on him is has been hysterical this this season because like <laughs> it's I think it's at an all time worst where he you know he, we remember him seeing ghosts in that shutout a couple of years ago twenty seven and, and, and it's I think it's almost amplified. To a point where if there's like if there's anybody within three feet of him, he's ah get rid of the ball, yeah. throw it out, or curl up, or do whatever. So is this the type of situation where you know I heard Jim Short say it earlier this week: live by the sword, die by the sword, and just go after this guy and put him on his ass. I think they're going to mix things up. You know, we've seen the blitz get mixed more in here, especially the past two weeks against Bradford and against Dak. 
to you know to mix results. I think overall good, but you know there's some plays maybe where, uh, as Jim Schwartz said, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. <laughs> That's funny you said that. Um, uh, I just look at this matchup. And again, I'm not. It's just boring to me, honestly. Like you said, John. Yeah, like, I'm it's not even, boring. It's it's so boring. I, like I'm trying to come up with something interesting to talk about, and I just I don't. I, here's what I think. I, I kind of it, it's as simple as this for me. I just don't think the Giants are that great. I think they're they're better maybe than we had thought they were coming into this year. I think they're maybe closer to being an average team than they are a flat out terrible team. But on paper, the Eagles are better than this team. I truly believe that the Eagles are number one in DVOA still somehow after losing to the Cowboys. <laughs> they're second in point differential. I think they're a better team than that four and three record indicates. They had that Lions game one. They should have won the Dallas game. They beat themselves, and they and you know I'm not saying like you know they're four and three, so you are what your record is. I'm not saying you know it's they're they technically should be six and one or something here. I mean they are what they are, but you know they I feel like they're just a better team than what they've shown so far. And I I said to James earlier, I just I want to see them. They have to close out a game. They have to get this game, and they need this game. You can't go down to four and four, and you can't go down to zero and three in the division. Yeah, and uh, Jim Schwartz, for the most part, would would probably agree with you on the way that. We played receivers is four and three. You know, I mean that's that's our record, and uh, that's the only thing that really matters. It it doesn't matter how many yards you give up. It doesn't matter how many points you give up. It's uh, how many times you won the game, and we're four and three right now. Yeah, that's I mean <laughs> that's kind of what I love about it. He's just so cut and dry about everything. It's just like no, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and he you know he praised OBJ this week. He said he's. One of the best like hitch route runners that he's ever seen, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not exactly sure. I think it's again, it'll just be kind of a mix of of whatever they were kind of doing. And you would assume though, because they can't run, that there would be some kind of extra scheming going on there. That fits right into what the Eagles do defensively. Uh, and I, I would I don't know. I think I'd be shocked to see more than 20 points from the Giants this week. I, I would even be surprised if they got to 20. And I know I'm gonna mush that too somehow i can't by the way i can't figure out the reverse no, mush thing at all like we praised dallas so hard and i think maybe i don't know maybe it was too hard but well maybe it worked and the eagles just choked again it's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's just like it finally worked and it did so yeah i mean honestly i i would i would be generally surprised if the, if the giants are moving the ball very well down down the field if if they do something has gone horrendously wrong yeah, I'm with you too, but I also would have been shocked if Matt Jones gashed the Eagles' run defense as well. So I, I do agree with you, though. I, th this Giants offense has looked really bad, you know, all season long. I I've, I've watched uh, of the majority of every single one of their games, and not once this season have they looked good. I mean, OBJ had that one big game against Baltimore, and that was it. Like, that was their whole offense, those two long passes to him pretty much. So um, it, it's – And that was – sorry to Yeah, go ahead. That was only happened because, what, Jimmy Smith got hurt. Correct. And Jimmy Smith isn't even that good to begin with. I mean, the whole Baltimore secondary isn't that good. This Giants team is bad. It, there's no question about it. Uh, they struggled to beat the Rams, as we saw in, Lon in London. Uh, but, you know, look, I, I – like you said before, John – the way this Eagles team has gone out and, and kind of done the opposite of what you expect in so many situations, I find it very hard to, to make any definitive statements about what we can expect other than the fact that I think that it's probably going to be a close game. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, and there's I don't think there's – which, of course, means it's going to be a blowout, <laughs> you know, like shootout type of situation because we're, we're talking that up too. But, yeah, it, it's kind of and, – and really, it, we haven't even mentioned the Giants offensive line, which has been – 
terrible. It's bad. It's and and that's that plays right into this. A lot of this stuff. It's it's why they've been so up and down. And you know, they it, it's so weird. How on earth do you have the same offensive coordinator that you were really successful with the last two years? And Eli Manning looks like he's completely turned around his career. There's touchdowns to the, the interception ratio is is a, by far and away like the best in the league. Putting up by regular numbers, fantasy numbers. Then all of a sudden, it's just like it it changes. And I don't know if that's because Ben McAdoo's taken on too much now, BLG, or what What do you think is, is going on there? Is it just as simple as, you know, it's a it's a new head coach and they have to get used to that? But it, it's really odd that the offense is struggling so much in New York. I think uh, everyone, the league has caught up to Ben McAdoo's college offense, and I think he needs <laughs> to go back to Oregon immediately. I think it's just, you know, it's, it doesn't work in the NFL. Uh, I think he's just going to have to go back to college. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That is weird, for, for real. Um I think so much has I feel personally I feel like so much of you know Eli's success and everything has just been the way Odell Beckham has been able to do crazy things in the past couple yeah. of years and and as James said earlier they're kind of he's just not having that kind of crazy season and I I don't know why exactly that is but uh, you know some people have talked about you know getting in his head and are you know how that's how that's played out and everything like that but. I don't know. Again, uh, you guys mentioned the offensive line. I don't think that's very good, so that's not helping him. And the coaches have kind of even said that Eli is taking shorter throws, and they kind of said that as a compliment to him, meaning like, uh, and I've heard some of the players have talked about it too. Like, if he's just seeing something, it's there. He's taking that, and he's getting rid of the ball fast. You know, they're trying to to play it up as a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. He's not letting those plays develop downfield, and he's not getting those all important air yards. <laughs> that's yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and I want to stick with the Giants' offensive line for a second because this this fraud, this at uh, just Justin Pugh, it has got to be well. Probably, I don't agree with a lot of what he says just personally uh, about pretty much anything, and he just seems like another like meathead. That is just from Bucks County that, you know, probably had a fucking BMW and went to East or something. I can't remember. Council but Rock. Council Rock. Yeah, same difference. So <laughs> I know, there you go. I know, but that's where he went. So, <laughs> so this, this, this douchebag comes in here just like, who's, who grew up here, right? Who has been an, 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 e- Rock. an Eagles fan his entire life. Comes in with this bullshit. I'll be sitting there with my mom eating dinner, and they'll be doing Eagles chants, or I'll be in the bathroom. They, they, they still go Eagles, or down my shore house is like South Jersey, so it's all Philly people. So, so no matter where I go when I'm down there, it's always like that. I just don't like Philly, to be honest. I mean, I'm from there, and every time I go back there, I don't get treated right. For my hometown, it'll be nice to go get this one and, and be able to show my face in my hometown when I go back to my camp this year. All right, first things first, bud. Council Rock is not Philly. Yeah. Bucks County is not Philly. You're allowed to say you're from Philly if you like are in Pittsburgh and don't want to describe. Like I, I get all that. I'm not. I'm not saying your your worth is not as 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 well if you're in the the Burbs and Delco. We love everybody. I'm that's not what I'm saying. You're not from Philadelphia, first of all, and second of all, shut the fuck up. Oh, see, I got a third. <laughs> I was gonna say, go fuck yourself. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I don't really like it. I don't like I'm Philly. I'm from really. Philly, and I just never get treated right when I go back there. <laughs> I wonder why, dipshit? Because you're playing for the Giants. What do you want him to do? Be like, oh, Justin, we love you. Thank you so much for coming home, you conquering champion. <laughs> fuck you, yeah, dude. You did it. You've been on a mediocre football team yeah. for the past three years. Take Great. your tiny yeah. arms and go back to New York, you short-armed fuck. <laughs> and also, also, you're yeah, the, like the Eagles have beaten you pretty much every t- oh since you've been with the team so that's probably on you too i don't i don't understand that blg i don't get it man it's just like all these 
Suddenly, suddenly they're, you know, I, I don't know. He's probably just talking it up for the fans. I'm making a big deal of it. But still, it bothers the hell out of me. Yeah, I think you're right. What you just said. I think he's just trying to endear himself to the to, to the new media. I think uh, would we take him if would you guys take Justin Pugh right now? No, no. Uh, oddly, no. no I, I don't. That's I don't think he's a, an upgrade over what you got right now. He doesn't. Yeah, he's. The, I mean, there's a. Well, then get the heck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> that's the strongest strongest words you hear from from BLG. And uh, I am. I really am interested to see offensively though if they do. Get Treggs in there. He can run. You know, I think you guys see it out there when the little bit you guys are out there. I mean, the guy can fly. So it'll be interesting to see. I think he's a pretty smart kid. You know, I think he's he's picked up things pretty quickly here. And, you know, I'm excited for him to get his opportunity. What do you think? Carson Wentz, he's already a fan. BLG, he's already a fan. Yes! How many snaps do you think uh, that, that, that Bryce Treggs will have this, this week? I don't expect it to be a big role, but obviously I think he should be active. You know, the Eagles have been keeping four receivers active, and, and Treggs is now one of those only four on the roster. Uh, I did talk to Bryce Trice a little bit after practice today, and he said he did get the impression he's going to play. And uh, he he talked about you know his ability as a deep threat, and he kind of said something to the effect of you haven't seen that a lot out of Carson yet, but Carson can throw a really good deep ball. So maybe the Eagles do look to get uh, Bryce Trice involved in that fashion, and really they should because who else are you taking uh, deep shots with at this point? Uh, one thing Bryce Trice did say is he's not really been practicing in Josh Huff's role, so I don't. He, we're not going to see like that jet sweep kind of stuff with him. Sorry, it uh, means Nelson's going to take less yeah. snaps now, right? Just, yeah, just yeah. Run fly patterns. Go, just yeah. go, he, he also, run. Yes, and he also said he's not going to be on special teams as a returner. So I don't. You know, this isn't like a one for one Huff replacement, but I I'm interested huh. to see if he can do anything deep down the field. That's interesting to me that they wouldn't use him in a, as a return, not even like a, a backup punt, a punt return role or something. I mean, like of course he probably is, but. Or I don't know, but they probably throw a small witter just yeah, like you're saying earlier. Yeah, I think it's going to be small I think that makes sense. Weird. So Barner, Barner is the backup punk guy. Yeah. Uh, so my excitement for that is, is dwindling uh, rather <laughs> quickly. So may, I don't know. Maybe you take a couple of shots and see if he's got it. And if not, you kind of move on and your your game plan moves on. So we'll, it'll be kind of interesting to see here. Well, real quickly, uh, John Stolnes just wanted to say hello and congratulations. So we'll let him do so. Hey, guys, I just wanted to take a minute and tell you guys congratulations for 200 episodes of BGN Radio. Of course, now that you guys do uh, 15 episodes of BGN Radio in various forms during the course of a given week now, I think we're well past 200 episodes, and we passed by that uh, probably, what, back in August or early September or something like that. But you guys, this podcast has been absolutely incredible, and I want to th- thank you guys for including me in the fun. Um, it's been a blast being a part of the podcast so far this year. I hope to keep doing it in the future. And uh, really, it's, it's a pleasure to be working with you guys. You guys deserve all the success you've had. This is a fun podcast. Nothing like talking Eagles football with intelligent guys, guys who know what they're talking about, guys with a brain. Um, you guys are the best. So congratulations again on BGN Radio episode episode number 200. Thank you, Johnny. And uh, we're awesome, glad that you're... Awesome addition to yes. the BGN staff. We love he's, you, Johnny. He's pretty much... Uh, if we weren't doing 200, it's it's probably... He'd be, you know, he'd be here. So preview, preview shows. He's certainly better than that, we are. So, so yeah, I mean, exactly. yeah, he's got that going. Uh, and it's always fun with him. We're we're glad that he's here. And also go follow him at Felsky Files. And you know, I um, are also our good friend uh, Trev at Hagelbon, um, who's who's with us. Is he kind of had an interesting uh, little thing here too? Because you know, as a, <laughs> I don't know, BLG. Do you get get to the point of? Are you ever tired of arguing about football on the line here with 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 Twitter and and some of these guys with 
specifically, you know, Trevor's going to talk about Scott Casimir and all those all those things. And and after the Dallas game, you just kind of, I don't know, is there is there really any point in arguing with that? Like the the beehive of all the guys that kind of follow that kind of mentality. Or I know some people get upset with draft Twitter when they're sticking with their guy or whatever. Like at some point, you just kind of let it go, or is that kind of some of the fun for you is, is I know I, cause I know I see you sneak in there with those, those faves every now and again. And every time I get faved by you, <laughs> I just get nervous. Cause I'm like, Oh great. <laughs> this is going to come back to bite me. But I don't know. How, how do you, how do you feel about that in general? I mean, who doesn't love arguing on the internet? So <laughs> there's so much that can be accomplished by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, James, like I, I've, I, it's starting to lessen and lessen. Like there's even today, like people are, you know, no, oh, you're a fucking asshole. And I'm just like, yeah, I probably am. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm yeah, I usually I'm I find myself too busy to even notice the people yelling at me, so I think I just miss oh, it anyway. Excuse so me, Mr. Well, James over here. I'm too busy. I didn't mean it like I'm I'm busy being like God of the world. I just meant I'm I'm work a lot. <laughs> Sorry. All right, well, also, I feel like it's a it's a I I and and I think that's one of the coolest things about BGN and BGN Radio is is the community and how awesome everybody is and how we go out and meet people at adobe and remotes and all this kind of stuff and it is the coolest thing in the world um but I, it's just a, a lot to when you get into the fights on on twitter i just feel like it just depresses me and sure i think there was there was some of that stuff there that was even with you know there's there's a chip anti-chip the for, forever you sure. know in a way we definitely me and james were definitely on the the pro chip side for a long time and we got a lot of crap for that and, and rightfully so you know we we're wrong about yeah. a lot of different stuff but uh, I, I like Trev's take on this, uh, on just being a fan and allowing to, you know, uh, uh, and still doing that. No one can tell you what or what not to root for. After the Dallas game last night, I was struck with the fact that I felt as low as I possibly could, just completely miserable, and 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 just convinced that the world was a terrible place and a terrible place to live, and you know, just sitting on the couch, totally defeated. Um, and then I realized that it had been an hour and a half since the game. It had been an hour and a half since that stupid touchdown pass to Jason Witten. It had been an hour and a half since the defense let Dak Prescott, of all people, march up the field and score the game-winning touchdown in overtime. And I realized that there was really no – there was really nothing left that was bothering me. Uh, absolutely not. Nothing. The the only thing bothering me was the fact that people were talking on Twitter about things that I disagreed with. Ideas like Dak was the better quarterback that night, or um, ideas that Carson Wentz was, uh, you know, like a legend, uh, uh, you know, a historically bad quarterback because of air yards or some, you know, nonsense stat like that. And I realized that there's no reason for me or anyone to respond to those things. Now, of course, you know, were the BGN, um, any of the Eagles podcasts, things like that, understandably work as sports media. I have no problem with sports media. But the thing is, most much of the football discussion and discourse these days is focused on this sense of statistical correctness that is just completely unfounded in contemporary football the idea of you know being able to judge uh, a box score or um judge uh, any sort of statistic um as the be all and end all for any quarterback right um 
is something that both kind of boneheaded fans and ostensibly smart fans uh, have the exact they do the exact same thing. The truth of the matter is that there's no argument that you can win on the internet. The truth is you can't win these arguments. You can't win the arguments about stats. You can't win the arguments about anything because the people on the internet, the people who are arguing these things are doing it in order to pick some sort of macho fight and enforce territory. That's it. Dallas fans that are arguing at you in your mentions right now are arguing with you to sort of get forward some sort of territorial, uh, you know, beef with you right now because they feel like, you know, they, you know, outmanned you or some crap like that. Um, the people online who are convinced that Carson Wentz is terrible and always knew it just want you to know that they've always been right. They want to be the big person now. They want to be the one who was always correct, right? Whether or not you have to change history to do that, whether or not the idea of staying uh, static on one particular position forever is just so that you can be right in the future is good or not, you know, let's leave all that behind. All of this is for misplaced masculinity and clicks. That's it. That's all it is. There's no discourse. There's no court of appeals or high theory that you need to refer to to be a football fan. It can be fun. I think BGN's own Ben Natan, I was talking to him about this. I think he does it in a fun way. He has a method. And he's willing to talk to you about it if you kind of engage with him. But there are a lot of people like Scott Kaxmar and Shan uh, uh, Fei who frankly are only interested in pushing out a contrarian position that then they can rub in the faces of those who so doubted their logic and superior intellect. It's all macho posturing, and you don't need to actually bother with it. When the game ends, yeah, we feel sad or elated or whatever, but an hour and a half later, we don't have to defend ourselves or justify ourselves to idiot fans in the division or people online who want to say that, you know, the quarterback is bad and you shouldn't like him because, you know, you're being an idiot that way. No one can tell you how to be a fan. Trevor, we appreciate it, buddy. And uh, gentlemen, let's uh, we're going to save the picks for Saturday. Ooh. James won't be here because James has a wedding. I have a wedding on? on Saturday. Yes. One of the wife's friends getting married. Beautiful. Well, congrats. Shout out to Bree. <laughs> What's up? What's up, Bree? What's up, Bree? Uh, and uh, BLG, uh, just uh, random thoughts, final thoughts on uh, on everything uh, leading up to 200 here. I love you guys. Aww. I love you too, pal. <laughs> James, any, I'm blushing uh, now. How am I supposed to talk after that one? Any uh, uh, any fun things? Um, I, I love you guys too. Obviously, I don't want to seem like the asshole who didn't say he loved everybody. But <laughs> um, no, what I said before, man, it's all all everybody who listens does. I mean, we we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you guys and and how much we. You know, just love this whole community and this whole thing that we've got here. It's it's you know, like like we talked about at the beginning. I mean, me, John, and Brandon were talking into to a microphone, thinking that no one would ever hear it. You know, so yeah, exactly. liter- literally, um, so you know, to be able to do uh, this podcast for you guys and and do a radio show and all this this stuff is really um, it's humbling. And uh, I just want to thank every single person who's involved or who has listened or has called or has tweeted even if it's hate tweet that i don't respond to because i'm too busy um we just we really really appreciate everybody so thank you yeah and just to and especially like the the encounters part like 
Brian coming out to the remotes and, and being a part of the crew, and it just feels feels great. And meeting every every one of you, uh, just you know, when, whenever we kind of do things, and being able to do stuff like the draft party that we wouldn't even thought of a couple of a couple of years ago, and just being in a, you know to interact with you. Stephen Lee, who's been been calling forever. Ryan Jones Ryan has been Jones, calling yep. forever. Uh, Angel, just, yeah, Angel, who's been there. Craig in Cincinnati, like there's yes. there's a whole whole slew of and Lawrence in California, buddy. Like we, you know, it's. It's it's great, and uh, Julian, and the, everybody that we kind of interact, and if I'm not saying your name, it's just because I don't have a list in front Howard, of me of how the awesome. guy who we talked to for the first time ever, listened to our very first show, oh, that's and right. remember yeah, that, yeah, called it crazy. Howard, shout out to Howard. Yeah. So it's just awesome, I agree. Sundita, who, who, who was like, you know. Sundiata. Sundiata. See, I always want to go that I know, way. It I just know. sounds like it should be that, but I yeah. apologize, buddy. But yeah, I mean, like, the, being, the, a, the being able to do that, and then just hanging out and being coming down from Brooklyn, and hanging out with us and uh, all the other crazy stuff that who knows what's going to happen in front of us but uh it's been a it's been a great journey and we thank uh, every single one of you for for hanging out and, and being able to honestly like even the music that we use here has been just been like hey you guys want to play my stuff and check it out and like oh my god like yes and it's been fantastic <laughs> and that's why ian eggerly has been our opening since since we found him and it's been forever it's just a great song and even uh that now the uh the closing out the outros are just from Somebody that emailed us and just said, hey, can you use my stuff? And I listened to it. I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. So now that's our outro music. Yes, you know? many, many of our listeners are much more talented than we are. Yeah, we, no, we that, is, that is 100% true. <laughs> like Alex true. Waldo. I mean, oh my I mean, God. Like, we have so many talented. It's, it's wild. It's a wild community. It's, it's awesome. By the way, the Wenswagen t-shirts are on sale for the next 72 hours at $14. Maybe the coolest like, thing. It's the coolest ever. thing he's ever. Really? Right like, I, yeah. I, I, again, we've told this story, but John said to me, he's like, I want to do this shirt, and I want it to look exactly like this. And I was like, that's the best idea I've ever heard. No <laughs> chance it looks like that, and Alex made it look like that. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was just completely blown away uh, by all his work. Somebody give that man a job, would they? Good Lord, he is so talented. Uh, and that's what's uh, what's great is because we get to meet, you know, guys that know more about football than us, less than about, you know, everybody, and just uh, talented musicians, talented artists. It's been a great uh, community that – um, you have been a, a huge part of uh, throughout this thing. So uh, with Grumbacht that, too. Let's oh, Matt Grumbacht. Oh my God, how are we forgetting that? Uh, the man yeah, who yeah. comes all the way from Lancaster and hangs out in in his dad shorts and uh, <laughs> and buys his tequila and just you know, it's been. Uh, You're it, all awesome people. God, we know, love you guys. It's been it's been great. Uh, so thank you so much for for just supporting us uh, all along the way and giving us good stuff. Uh, some uh, useless self promotion. Set your DVRs tomorrow night. Somebody from the BGN radio crew may or may not be on the NFL Network talking about player comebacks. Yeah, I can't wait to be on. It's going to be really cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so check out Brandon Lee Gowden tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Uh, no, the uh, people over at NFL Films. Uh, again, not sure how that happened either. Just Because you're awesome. Got that's a random how. random email, and it's because that all goes to you guys. Because like, they wouldn't freaking call me if they didn't know why. Yeah, I was like, hey, it's... Call this guy named John. He seems pretty cool. And I apologize ahead of time because camera Ed sits ten pounds, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm already kind of there anyway. And uh, my, I was a little bit sweaty. I know I had to wipe down a couple of times, and my hair got messed up. I didn't realize until like I left. So I have no idea what's what's what to expect other than a I'm sure fat bulbous man wearing a red handsome. T-shirt. Very uh, handsome, charismatic. The camera loves you. You, you, you can't use that kind of charisma. That's why I do this. Camera <laughs> hates me. Uh, but no, seriously, thank you guys for uh, for everything. It has been uh, BGN Radio episode number two hundred. 
right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. 200. Sam Branford. Thanks, thanks, thanks.